would you like a monthly subscription box to come to you with sort of like neat nerd stuff put uh, in it? You mean like Blue Apron? No, no, like toys and like maybe some posters, not food. I would like makeup. Okay, great. Well, this episode is brought to you by Makeup Box, <laughs> but it's not full of makeup. It's to make up for the last box that was disappointing because <laughs> it didn't have any of the Doctor Who memorabilia that you wanted in it. Yeah, and it didn't have a bike light that I needed. Not at all. So it, I, I like that. I would probably subscribe to that. It's a box where someone just grabs a bunch of stuff from their house and sends it to you every month. And all it costs you, you're not going to believe this, $49.75 a month. Wow. Plus local taxes if they apply and shipping. <laughs> and shipping? <laughs> okay, well, what if I subscribed to do that for somebody else? Then could we just trade for free? You're not going to believe it? No. But no, you can't. <laughs> no. And here's why. <laughs> and here's why. <laughs> the off five what's up it's a podcast where we talk about episodes of the office yes because we're still watching it hopefully you are too hopefully you're listening it's a podcast for people that watch the office all the time yeah and what we like to do here is we talk about a lot of stuff about the office but we have a specific it's pretty strict the way we go through it we usually just start with a wikipedia page yeah with our exhaustive research of the Wikipedia page, we pour over it and then read those words from the first three paragraphs. Which we don't read beforehand. And the care that we take to remove the part where it says the office follows the fictional Scranton paper company, Dunder Mifflin, every time. You'll never hear us say that, except for just now. Okay, so I will bet you that they're going to say Pam Beasley, Jim Halper, and nobody else's last name. Okay. That's a bet. How much are we betting? A box of my junk. Okay, let's shake on it. <laughs> you need to oil that thing. Um, <laughs> this is season two, episode 14. It's called The Carpet, and it came out on January 26, 2006. Do you have any recollections about 2006? Um, how many years ago was that? 12? I was 14. Great. I have the most memorable year ever in 2006 really but what also happened? oh wait no it's 2007 oh 2006 was when i watched blast from the past and the wedding singer a lot <laughs> and in this episode a disgusting quote thing unquote implied to be human feces is left in michael scott's office and michael tries to discover who did it while his carpet is being replaced he uses jim halpert's desk forcing jim to move away from pam beasley into the annex. Well, it's not all of their last names. Ugh, damn it. That's another one of those ones that kind of sets it up but doesn't spoil anything. I li yeah, I liked that. That was good. Did it really say implied to be human feces? Mm -hmm. Oh, because I didn't know that. What did you think it was? Vomit? I thought it was like That's animal. not vomit. I, <laughs> I thought it was that's... animal feces. Oh, really? I always thought it was human feces. I just didn't know. Like, I didn't think that he was actually going like, to take a sh in there. Because I could never do that. You couldn't? No. Have you tried? No. <laughs> you can't be scared of trying things that are new or different. <laughs> Great Scott Productions and Trivia. Day. <laughs> yeah. To let them know they're, they're loved. Yeah. Okay, so what did you say? Great Scott Productions? Yeah, it was written by Paul Lieberstein. 
Oh, Toby, wow. Our Toby. friend Toby, and directed by Victor Nelly Jr. Was he in Motley Crue? I don't think so. The episode first aired on January 26th. We already said that. And the episode guest stars Ken Howard as Ed Truck and David Koechner as Todd Packer. Ed Truck. You know what his demise will be, don't you? I do. I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen it, but if you haven't watched The Office and why are you listening to this podcast, he will get decapitated. Oh, yeah. His capital will get detained. <laughs> if you haven't watched The Office all the way through, listen to a different podcast. Well, you could listen to this sure, as you're sorry. watching it for the first time. <laughs> Welcome to The Off 5. Sorry about that. No, but Ed Truck is played by Ken Howard, and he is in his IMDb accepting an Academy Award. For this performance? Yep. <laughs> he died in the dumpster. Oh, he died in 2016. Really? Yeah. How? Decapitation. <laughs> Oops, no. I don't know why. I don't know how he died, but he did die. Okay, well, that's all that matters. Um, he was in Joy as the mop executive. <laughs> what? Do you see Joy? No. Oh, oh yeah, Oh, no, actually, I didn't see Joy. I'm confusing it... it with Silver Linings Playbook. Oh, yeah, I don't think I saw that. He was in a movie called The Wedding Ringer. That's weird that's so close to another movie yeah a bad one um he was in the judge playing the judge and oh he's in 30 rock a lot yeah so yeah ed truck i was glad to see him he was worried about his pension yep um i glad to tell him that it was clerical does that remind you of something it kind of reminds me of david wallace oh does it it remind you of when angela Tells everyone that there might be a problem with their paychecks while she works to decide whether or not she can have the Christmas party earlier. Is that when Dwight goes and brings things to New York? It's when Karen and Pam are hold, holding oh, a uh, right, 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 karaoke right. Christmas. Yeah. Let's go right into the Finer Things Club where we talk about the things we really liked in this episode. Yes. Let's do it. One of them was Ed Truck. We already talked about him. I really like Dwight calling into 107 The Rock. Hello, am I the 107th caller? Rock 107, am I the 107th caller? <laughs> it's actually kind of hard to say out loud. Yeah, it's true. Rock 107, am I the 107th caller? I just now, when you said it, realized that it's the 107th caller because it's Rock 107. Oh my god, like we, are in, that we are in bad shape. We're in really bad shape around here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, everyone. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave. <laughs> Step, step, step. So I will be conducting the rest of this podcast. <laughs> no, wait, come back. I need you to read the Wikipedia okay. page. Okay, I'm going to be back. <laughs> I'm going to read the Wikipedia page again. <laughs> you know, one thing I noticed in this episode is that all the people in the office have the same lamp desk. Desk lamp. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I didn't know about that. Desk lamp. I didn't, I, I didn't um, catch that. They all have these black ones that are on arms shine downward they're kind of like a semicircle on top they're kind of small and i don't know what episode that started but i looked back a few episodes and it was definitely in those so just missed it but they all have it i think it's so obvious because in this episode jim goes back to the annex and he doesn't have anything else on his desk oh yeah so you see that but then i noticed that it's on the reception desk it's on jim's desk on dwight's desk yeah well i mean i i find it easier to work when there's um like more 
ambient lighting rather than the fluorescent lights. So maybe that was um, trying to just increase productivity around the office. That's a good call. Um, I also loved the crisp one hundred bill, one hundred dollar bill. <laughs> that turns out to be like eighty seven bucks. Yeah, which is still a lot of money. Yeah, it's not crisp. It's not crisp. Hundred dollar bill. I love when he's about to put it up behind the the plaque. Yeah, and then Roy and Daryl walk by, <laughs> and he says, let's put it over here where everyone can see it, like right in front of himself. <laughs> I was thinking it would be a whole different episode if someone nabbed it, and you know who it would be? Daryl. No, Creed. Oh yeah, Creed. It would Racist. be Creed. <laughs> what? How? Well, that's what they're getting at with Michael, right? What? Or you just think that the warehouse people are like scum? That's what I yeah. Scummy, that's what like, it's like when hive of villainy. Yeah, when he's like dancing, um, because he made that big sale, and they come over and they're like, "What is he doing? Dancing? I think he's trying dancing. to dance." And then Michael's like, "Nothing, nothing. Important business." Yeah, Michael feels like he's on top at the office. Maybe he thinks that Ryan's more attractive than him and stares at him all the time. (laughs) But it's when he gets to the warehouse that he's really uncomfortable. And then he's uncomfortable when he thinks that somebody pranked him like as a hate crime. A hate crime. So that's like (laughs) the whole episode is him like trying to trying to kind of uh, wrangle his ego in a way. He's you trying know? to figure out whether or not people love him or not. Yeah, and he's trying to decide if his love has been in vain towards them. I mean, he would give them their kidney, his yep. kidney. But now he just say, get a monkey kidney. Yeah, until he finds out um, the truth. But what else did you like? I like the line, I want people to laugh when they saw me coming and applaud when I left. Yeah. And then you're like... That's exactly obviously that he didn't like achieve that, except for maybe in like a way where people are like, like think he's thank God he's leaving, yeah, he's leaving, yeah. But like he didn't like the cat. The real people in the office don't feel that way either. They just like they just want him to go away. Yeah, they probably have the same feeling that they would have had towards Ed Truck, just like a little bit less intimidated, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have anything else for the Finder Thing Club? Mine's a little skimpy this week. Me too. I mean, I liked the whole episode, but I didn't write that down. So Ryan going from laughing to serious when he's denying it. I accidentally paused it when we were watching it on a very funny frame of him. Oh my god! Looking psychotic, and I think I'm going to make it the art for this episode. So if you're listening to this podcast, stop it and just look down at your phone, and then look down at your hands and say. You can How do hard have magic. I worked in my life? <laughs> you can do anything that you desire. Magic. And make your fingers sing. Just once. <laughs> Just one time. But yeah, I, um, I might put that on the Instagram too. Cool. So let's make sure YouTube comes down to film this where we talk about a documentary that is The Office. Is it a documentary? Yes. No. It's a mockumentary. Okay. And... There was something that happened in this episode that related to the documentary that you noticed. Yeah, it was when Michael's in there trying to, in his office, he's trying to um, pretend that he might be trying out for a fear factor. And I noticed that the film crew wasn't actually in the room with him. So they're just filming him through his window, which I don't think is even there. And you pointed that out. Yeah. Is there even glass there? So you were asking whether the camera was in there with him, with the thing. Yeah. And 
we rewound it and saw that no, it's not. The the camera is really close to his face. It looks like they're right there, but then it zooms out as he mm-hmm. walks out up through the window. But then you might wonder why could you get such a good shot? And in fact, normally there's blinds there. Mm-hmm. So not only are the blinds open, they're completely pulled up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it definitely looks like there is no glass in that window. They must have taken it out for this episode so that they could have gotten that shot. Yeah, and I think that that little office, the little um, Michael's little office, is used a lot, especially with those blinds, with the documentary crew, because there's another moment in this episode where they're kind of peeking through the blinds mm-hmm. and see Daryl and um, Roy taking a nap. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like a really good tool that they use to remind you subtly that it's a documentary That no one style. can see that. Yeah. So here's my problem, though. The reason why that joke works is because Michael's talking. You don't really know where he is or if it's later in the day and after they've cleaned it up or something. So he's talking about that, about being on Fear Factor. And then it zooms out and he walks out like, oh, my God, I can't do this. And you realize he was sitting in there with the stink, much like he made Kevin do. The problem is, why would he be doing a confessional if the cameraman were across the room? outside of the office like he's talking to the camera but the camera's not there and i'm sure the reason they took the glass out is because they didn't want to have one of those candid shots because then the confessional wouldn't make sense but what they really wanted the joke was that it's a confessional or then it turns out that they're he's still in the room with it you know yeah i think it was just because i can see michael like behind the scenes talking to the documentary crew like oh get get a shot of me in the office and they're like we're not gonna step in there that's disgusting and yeah, he's yeah. like, all right fine just like just film me through the window but they're not even like next to the window they're like in the middle of the office yeah. zoomed all the way in I don't to his face their cameras wouldn't have been that good it's, it's actually a little bit of a, a cop-out so i was like why don't they just put it where it's like candid where they're showing it through but then why would he be talking yeah exactly. so it doesn't make any sense it's almost like he should have been filming himself or something and they caught it like he's like holding up his phone yeah it's like, like that. but the phones it, didn't really take good video in 2006 it's like how do you blend this like confessional style and the documentary style and like good TV? Mm-hmm. And in this case, I guess it kind of falls short, but it's still a, a cool. I don't think technique. we would have noticed it. I've never noticed it until this time. Yeah, neither have I. So what? Uh, what do we have for documentary other than? Oh, there's one more, a couple more things that I noticed. One was this perspective. With Oscar and Creed kind of talking in the background, which we don't really see Oscar and Creed um, interacting that often, but it's like in the background, you can see Oscar and Creed um, laughing about the thing that was left in the office. And then Michael is in the foreground and he's just feeling really sorry for himself because he knows they're laughing about him. Yeah, he sees them laughing. They're not sad for him. No. And that's when he decides to end the, the contest. It's when he decides it's not fun anymore. Yeah, and so that was a that was kind of a powerful is powerful the right word? No. Is uh Is it's bold a, the right word? <laughs> it was a bold move. Bold zoom. Yeah, bold zoom there. Um well, I don't have anything else for that segment. Do you have anything else? Yeah, there was one more thing. I have more for this segment than finer things, but anyway, there was one moment where Ryan is talking about how much he likes Kelly. And says junk in the, and then like looks over, he's like, oh, the camera's there, and doesn't say trunk, is what I'm assuming he's going to oh, say. Oh, really? Yeah. 
And what's the context? What did you say before that? Because Jim is like, "Do you like Kelly?" And he's like, "Yeah, it depends on. I mean, if you like little junk in that." And then like looks over, sees the camera guy, and and is like, "She seems nice." Interesting. Yeah. So wow, he, I didn't catch that he said any of that. Yeah. I mean, he, the last part I did. But. <laughs> yeah, he um almost said that about her. So so it's like a weight joke on Kelly, or just like a he likes curvy Indian women. Or that, just curvy women. What's what's junk? Junk in the trunk. Is that's that's a big booty? Yeah. Okay. That's that's a big booty. I don't think he just likes Indian women. I think that's more of a Dwight thing. That's true. <laughs> that is a Dwight thing. This is the first episode where we get to talk about Kelly and Ryan long lasting, I'm gonna say most solid relationship on the office. Yeah, well, at least... I'm actually going to unsay that real quick. It, I mean, I... Yeah. Before I uh, forget. <laughs> and then they they use Jim as their, like, the middleman to try to get info on each other. Which is really funny. Let's talk about uh, Ryan and Kelly right now. And do you think the world is crawling with Phyllis's? Our look at the characters. Dun, 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 dun. So, Ryan's been having a hard time of it. He has to put up with the male gaze of both Jim and Michael. Yeah, that must be rough for him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in the gym case, it's like, uh, like with Michael, it is. It is really disturbing. Yeah, and then with Jim, it's like, I wonder if he realizes though why he keeps looking over. Hmm, interesting. Does he? Does he even realize he keeps doing it? No, you mean because Ryan does. Yeah, but does Ryan know why Jim is looking over? I don't think so, because Ryan's. Not really that close to them normally. Yeah, that's true. Maybe he is. I don't know. Ryan, I think Ryan tries to stay uninvolved. He totally does. Which is why he's looking for someone that just wants to have fun. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Which means sex. Mm-hmm. Um, he laughs went a lot when um the documentary crew apparently asks him if he did it. Yeah. It was not me at the end. It was, it was not me. So this prank, this pooping on the carpet it is really amateurish but it really makes a lot of people in the office laugh genuinely it's it really did succeed as a comedy tool on a lot of them they're like yeah oh my god and when watching a show someone pooping in the office isn't funny to me it's, it's more funny what's going on around that yeah definitely but in real life it's different if it actually happened that would be a huge moment even if you didn't think it was funny it would be crazy it would be like so so much drama you'd want to tell people you yeah know, and you'd want to talk about it all day yeah. so i get it yeah I, you said what oscar said you know i got it i get it yeah and uh i thought you yeah yeah that <laughs> yeah. was funny yeah so it's kind of like just bringing all the characters together closer or just kind of you're getting to see their reactions to like a big event like not a big big event but like for the office it's a big event you know that would be a big thing like you said if that happened at your workplace like that would be a that would be a thing that you like remembered like it would be like before poop or after poop you know yeah (laughs) ap yeah (laughs) i think that it would be interesting if they made this episode a little bit differently where the plot was like a whodunit yeah it's weird The, the camera crew asks people but michael is not sleuthing it no at all it's like he doesn't actually want to know because he doesn't even want to believe it yeah he doesn't like he's like oh a sewer 
pipe must have burst and it just <laughs> dropped this one poop on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's talk about Kelly. We talked about Ryan. Kelly. Oh, my gosh. She's really annoying. Even Toby couldn't put up with her. Well, can I say in defense of Kelly, when she's talking about her closet being too small for standard size hangers, I think that's really funny. And I probably yeah. would say that to like people I don't know that well. Yeah. Because yeah, it's just, yeah. it's a great point. Yeah. Like, like, you know how big hangers are. Why would you make a closet smaller than that? And it's totally the type of thing that would happen if you were just like, let's put a little closet in this, uh, in this apartment or whatever. Yeah. But it's so funny to make a closet like the idea of making a closet and then make it totally useless like still put up the bar and then just make it worthless you know and now she just has piles of laundry on the floor like me yeah mm-hmm. good thing you don't have bbs yeah that's true then she goes into what's her second rant about um it's about the relationships is it about ryan well she goes she's talking about something else and then ryan comes by and then she switches to ryan so cute <gasps> i can't remember what the second one was about yeah, I don't either. I'm sure being cubicle mates with Kelly is just like a dull white noise until you leave or, or until you become allergic to your desk and are forced to leave. I just don't know why because I think people have a hard time just saying, hey, could you just be quiet for a little bit while I do some work and then we can talk more. Well, you, you know? want to say that a lot to her. Yeah, you probably would. It's weird, though, because when you're talking about the Toby thing, she's like he had he got an allergy or something and then he says to the desk and she goes weird she doesn't say it like isn't that weird she says it like what jim is saying is weird but there's no other explanation i think that maybe she knows why toby left maybe not i wish for kelly a brain mindy kaling is totally playing up the stereotype though of this girl who like Oh my god, yeah, I definitely want a long-term thing, but don't tell him that. Like, just tell him that I'm down to have fun. Um, and also, like, I'm not a slut, but who knows what who might knows? happen? Who knows? It's like so funny. She's so funny in I've, this episode. Yeah, I've definitely had that conversation. This is with the most before. Kelly episode. Yeah. Like so this far. is Kelly has come out of her shell since. Yeah, I know. I'm excited. And Ryan has too a little. hmm yeah. yeah, that's true. Ryan has a lot of things going on in this episode. Like He's getting comfortable with Jim because Pam's on vacation. Then he, when he walks around, he gets like a little moment where he's like, do you know how to adjust your chair? And he's like, just lever on the side. He's like, all right, thanks. That's what I told him. Like, he's just doing it. It's kind of like an extension of what he's been doing for Michael. But he's engaging a little bit. Yeah. He's not just apathetic. He's even willing to have maybe a down for anything romance. Yeah. In the office, which is yeah. different than how he was, I don't know, a handful of episodes ago. Because I don't think Jim would have um, suspected that to be true when he asked. Oh, speaking of Jim, why did he call and ask Brenda out at work? And why did he call and ask Brenda out at all? You know what I was thinking? What? Maybe he called her back there so that Kelly would gossip it. Oh. Because she's obviously listening to everything he says and he's listening to everything she says. I didn't even think about that. He's playing chess and we're all playing the office trivia. Yeah. He is totally playing. Wow. Uh, Do you know what I mean? Because like, if he did it in front of Pam, it would have been a little bit too overt. Kelly's going to keep a secret that he like asked out Brenda. HR stooge from from the uh, boat. Yeah. Brenda sucked. She really did. And also, he was 
dating the other girl yeah, during that thing. Yeah, that's so weird. It's like, man, Jim is so attractive that when he's like breaking up with someone, everyone else in the area is like, oh, oh broken up. Or he's <laughs> single. <laughs> or he's just like, right after he breaks up with someone, he's just like, Who's a single girl around here? Oh, Brenda. Okay, I'll ask her out. Yeah, I'm gonna go be. I'm gonna go turn on the charm because during the boat, he didn't seem like he was turning on the charm for anyone. No, no, he was in despair. Yeah. Um. And then he gets it from the company directory. Well, she because she gave number. him his contact information. Oh. Right. She gave who? Uh, Jim. I thought he said he just got her number from the company directory. But he said that he assumed that she got she wanted that number or asked to give him the number so that he could call her. Oh. So she's still the the one, like, reaching out, kind of. It's yeah. actually a real, like, soft reach out where, like, if he ignored it, it would be, like, totally fine. Yeah. Because he went for it. This uh doesn't follow up, does it? I don't think so. I don't so. think Brenda has ever but mentioned But I don't even remember Brenda, like, before this episode. Or, I mean, Bruce, Bruce Cruz when we did it before, but, yeah. like, I didn't, I didn't never thought about Brenda before this. He's just, like, getting burned so many times this episode. Jim? Yeah. Do you think he got burned by Brenda? Is that why we don't hear of her again? Maybe, but I just... But she asked him. By Pam. Kind of. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll talk about it. But one thing about Jim is he's been looking at Ryan. He's real excited when Pam comes back. But they have kind of an awkward interaction where she's like, we had fun in the Poconos. And then he's like, okay, great. Poconos sucks, by the way. Really? never been there but i met a guy from there and he was the worst but that doesn't mean you wouldn't go there right yeah i met a person from kansas no you never i've never met someone from kansas (laughs) one thing i love about jim in this episode is he's got classic jim hair styling jacket and messenger bag i was actually gonna say something about the messenger bag and i forgot to write it down but it's like he's worn it a couple times um in the this season i think but i always keep forgetting to mention it but it looks so good on him this is like his second life persona yeah i know i love his messenger bag and his jacket too and his hair he just looks good with that jacket He's and messenger so bag cute. over it like leather strap on there even though the yeah. messenger bag is, doesn't seem that much leather but looks good looking jim coming he, in he's too bad brenda good. can't see it yeah and uh he didn't do the the the, the poo no but um yeah so he asked out brenda by calling her leaving her voicemail and sending her an email at the same time it's kind of cute but you know what you should have said to ryan here here's katie's number (laughs) remember you were asking oh yeah leave me out of this (laughs) yeah that's true but yeah he's like he's the relationship thing is is really bringing him down this episode there's like multiple moments like when he has his lunch and he's trying to go into the break room and then he sees oh pam's sitting with her fiance i guess i can't eat in there so you want to go into pam or do you have something else no pam okay so spamster pamster spam spamster spamster spam pam and hamster and hamster (laughs) and ham Uh, yeah and And spam crazy (laughs) pamster spamster crazy so pam seems to be right on track with Roy, they've been on a vacation. They they're over the secret, and she doesn't need to pay too much attention to Jim now, right? Well, she does need to leave him seven voicemails. Well, that's the big surprise at the end. Like, yeah, I actually forgot that that was in this episode. Yeah, me too. 
Um, so the episode's going really poorly for Jim in and terms of Pam. And then it's a dramatic ending with like just, you know, no footage basically, like him driving home and then um, the voiceover of it. And she's calling him and leaving him voicemails on his office phone. No, he has a cell phone. Um, for him to get later, even though Royce in the office the whole time and like supposedly they're getting along well he's still the one she's turning to for like her entertainment right yeah it's true and just to think to call him that many times because when he comes out of the annex for some reason jim gets there really late today and leaves late you know maybe he Mm -hmm. had a a appointment with crentis the dentist or something but (laughs) when he gets there way late when it comes to the poop yeah yeah he does I wonder what he was doing. She had to leave early, but... Well, she had a chance. Yeah. She wasn't going to miss it. Anything else about Pam? No, Pam is just chilling. Okay. So the Poconos are in Pennsylvania. That's all I know about them. Are they they're mountains or something? Mountain Valley region. Okay. Yeah. It's like Little House on the Prairie? Yeah, it's like very rural. I don't know why they would go there. Down to Poconos. You take it fast and, and then they leave it slow. slow. That's where we want to go. <laughs> Down not to, to the, the Poconos. It's not Poconos. It's uh, Are they named for Pocahontas? No. Wait, what? It's uh, Kokomo? Kokomo, yeah. They said it's off the Florida Keys. It's not real, though. Really? The Kokomo? lyrics say it's off the Florida Keys, but it's not a real thing, I don't think. Oh, weird. I don't know. Let's transition right to Roy and Daryl, I guess, because they're both in the office. Roy's being really seemingly sweet with Pam. I think it's kind of weird, again, that Daryl's there, because why would you grab the foreman from the warehouse to come do the, such a menial chore when he needs to, like, organize all the deliveries? Yeah, maybe Wouldn't they he didn't just get have some any... grunt? Yeah, like Madge. <laughs> Pudge. Pudge. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm happy to see Daryl, though, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. He's my second favorite character. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Who's your first favorite? I haven't decided that yet. Okay, okay. <laughs> good call no daryl's great uh it's just like him being in the office seems a little bit contrived sometimes yeah it does it makes sense that roy would be there and just like if someone's going to be organizing all the deliveries for the day you'd be like what if that guy was just ripping out carpet instead like like there's a reason he's sleeping taking a nap yeah yeah, totally like he could take a nap down on the warehouse he's the foreman there yeah um yeah and then we have one more relationship going on kind of dwight and angela Okay, yeah. Dwight's supporting Michael in all of his shenanigans, but probably the biggest moment is when he only throws one of Angela's pins. Yeah. and she just looks at him and shakes his head, shakes her head. So he's in a relationship with her, and obviously he would respect what she wants. But I feel like that look she gave would have sent a shiver down any person's spine that was going there to throw her papers around. Yeah, that's true. She would just stare you that look and you'd be like, Never oh, mind. Sorry. <laughs> and leave. Uh, that's the look I would give. Because it wasn't that, like a. It was not a funny joke. Like we're friends. Look, it was like a. Don't, don't you dare. Yeah. Don't <laughs> even think about it. Yeah, exactly. But like to throw everyone's files. There's so many inappropriate things that Michael does as the manager mm-hmm. this time, or this episode. I mean, like all episodes. But I mean, especially to just throw all their files everywhere. Come on. That's really rude i yeah i don't know the first time i saw this whether or not i had ever worked in an office i don't think i had but now that i have i'm like 
what the hell? Yeah. Like, because they throw so many of them. Yeah, they do. It's not just like they empty like out archives. Files. Yeah. It's not like oh, what are you're currently working on. It's like they go to the the filing cabinet and grab stuff. And it's accounting, so it probably like needs to be in chronological order yeah. or something. You know. Yeah. Uh, and even though he doesn't throw Angela stuff, she's still involved with cleaning it all up. So, like, even though he didn't store stuff that was on her desk, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. Because it's the department stuff, not, like, you know, Kevin and Oscar's stuff that they threw. Yeah. And this is Michael tr- kind of regressing. He's, like, reminiscing about the old days with Packer, trying to be out on the floor like a salesman again, you know, doing sales even. Um, and, like, wanting to act like he's a member of a family and it's like sometimes he's distanced from them by being in the office and this time he has to really kind of confront that they don't really like him that much it's weird it's like almost the same dynamic that we get way later when he decides to become a salesman instead of the manager because he can make more commission oh yeah but the difference that time is that his power has actually been taken away and that's why he realizes nobody will put up with him anymore yeah in this case it's not like he's not the manager but he's still getting it stanley's always on the phone yeah well, I really like the dynamic that's created between um, Michael and Dwight there at the, the that little island of desks. Yeah. I was wondering what the show would be like if, if it was Michael and Dwight that shared a desk island. Interesting. It's hard to imagine. I guess we get glimpses of it later, but how Dwight would treat Michael if you weren't his superior. Yeah. And it's not good. Because all of it is based on his like dog-like uh obedience to authority that's true so so he just assumes michael must be valuable in some way because he's the manager mm-hmm. but yeah. if they were just two salesmen he would just be competitive and you know irritable like he is yeah towards jim yeah that's true what do you have any other character factoids um so let's talk um well, we're already kind of talking about Michael. So he's going through that journey this time where he's like in denial. He's moody. What are the stages of grief? Do you think he goes through them for this? I want to look it up. <laughs> denial is the first one. Okay, shock. That could just be like the initial smell. And yeah. Kind of denial, sure. Yeah. Because he's like saying he doesn't know what it is. Could it might be, be vomit. Could be love, hate, or just neutral. How did it end up in the floor? In yeah. The middle of the floor. Who knows? Anger. He does get a little angry. I guess so. What's the next bargaining? one? Bargaining? <laughs> Not really. No. Uh, maybe bargaining would be like him reaching out for advice from Ed Truck, but it's a stretch. Depression, definitely. Yeah, definitely. He definitely hits a little bit of depression when he realizes that's the final realization of the inevitable. That mm-hmm. someone did this in the office because they don't like him. Mm-hmm. And testing, seeking realistic solutions. I'm not really sure he goes through all the stages because it's possible that when that's what's happening is when he finds out what actually happened and has all the pressure taken off because it was a friendly ribbing yeah from todd pat kerr and we get to see todd packer again no actually we saw him earlier in the episode as a flashback because he did bring him up to remind the viewer of who he is i guess and michael doesn't even realize when Todd Packer is um, suggesting that maybe he left something there, doesn't even realize that it's this specific thing. And they have to, you know, Roy has to say, you mean the thing? But it's, 
it's funny. It reminds me of when the Michael Scott Paper Company is dealing with Dwight and Dwight keeps being like, oh, did you enjoy your meal? And he's like, not now, Dwight. We got robbed. <laughs> and, he's, and they're like, Dwight did it. <laughs> you know. Um, but he tells some stories about Packer. He spent the whole day with their pants off and convinced other people they were crazy. And then he put someone's head in the toilet for a solid minute. Adults. This person yeah. interviewing for a job. And then banged every chick in the office as a joke. Yeah. Not good. Hashtag. Not good. Yeah. Hashtag me too. Exactly. <laughs> um, but you know what I realized? What? Obviously. What? He did it to Ed Truck too. Oh. It's the only thing that makes sense. Because yeah, the only people does. that were really around were Phyllis, probably Creed, Michael, and Packer was obviously there because they were talking about before he was manager. Yeah, that's and true. What are the chances that another separate person did that to Ed Truck at the same time? If if Michael had been really listening during his conversation with Ed Truck instead of being defensive, he would have been like, I can narrow it down right now to people that are still here. I since didn't we even were. realize that. Because it's not like a really great idea. But like Ed Truck's like, that happened to me too. And you're going to be like, oh, I guess that happens to every manager eventually. And it's like, no. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Oh, my gosh. I solved the mystery of. Nice job. That. Thank you. Didn't even think about that. I cracked the case. <laughs> It was a cold case, though. Ew. Cold poop. Ed um, Truck, horrible, hated fun, and he thinks workers should be your workers, family should be your family, friends should be your friend, which, of course... Different management style. Yeah, because to Michael, they're all the same, because Michael doesn't have close family, and he definitely doesn't or have any friends. Or friends, yeah. So he has to treat them all the same. And it's kind of the first time he's like really realized that... that relationship is not mutual mm -hmm. and possibly you could, you could be friends with your manager but to think that they're all friends with you when you have us you know higher up place than them it's kind of delusional yeah that's true i mean if you never hang out outside of work then you're not friends yeah and if you watch this documentary and you hear all the things they say about you yeah you're not friends <laughs> oh no yeah that's true i hope he got over that because by the very end, he has family, and maybe he even has friends. It's hard to imagine. Yeah, I mean, he saw his whole life flash before his eyes, and he was really rich, and he had family. Yeah, and he's living on a yacht, so obviously he did pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Michael's a big a fan of anything Joe Rogan does. Actually, I've heard that Joe Rogan's podcast is really good. But he wasn't doing that back then. No, he wasn't. The he only was thing I think Joe Rogan was famous for is Fear Factor and playing the like broy jerk on news radio. <laughs> I really liked Fear Factor. Yeah? Yeah. And I would do that as a game show. And you're a fan of anything Joe Rogan does? I've never listened to his podcast, although I hear it is delightful. Really? Maybe not delightful. He's kind of like a okay. douchey zen stoner nerd. That's what, yeah, that's what, well, and he's I not can't a nerd, really though. get, he's I like can't a, get it He's like that. a stoner jock. That's the thing. I that, don't like that. And that's what, because I listen to different podcasts with him, like WTFs and stuff with him, and then like Andy Dick is talking about how mean he was the entire time they were doing news radio, and how like, and he like, just like, was so judgmental of Andy Dick for doing drugs, and now he's like... A huge like drug guy and it's okay and he thinks like he's like super enlightened now and how yeah he uh, like, totally really does. Me the wrong way yeah i think that he does have that like like enlightened kind of vibe that's annoying yeah but it's condescending on the wtf he's like talking about mindfulness and stuff and it's like all right like you're okay, not the maharishi you're yeah joe rogan and also yeah. like how like 
FW was during all those episodes of Fear Factor. Fear Factor is pretty fun to watch, but it's it not is. because of him. No. At all. It's the the contestants are fun yeah, to watch. Yeah, that's true. You know, I liked that Michael goes in the room for a while for Fear Factor because he just made Kevin. He like locked him in there. It kind of makes it better that he was willing to do it himself. Yeah. It's kind of the opposite of the coal walk. <laughs> yeah, it totally is. At oh, least he was willing to do Kevin. it. Kevin. Yeah. Kevin really uh, gets the... the- end of the stick he's a truth teller in this one yeah he really is i don't think that's vomit <laughs> okay um is that it dundees 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 i have my dundee ready to go do you have yours yeah all right mine is the junk in the trunk dundee and it's going to kelly kapoor Ooh, kelly kapoor and i just like seeing her come out of her shell a little bit mm-hmm. and her personality shining through even though it's really annoying <laughs> <laughs> My Dundee is called Don't Hate the Player, Hate the Game. And it goes to Miss Kelly Kapoor. Really? Yep. Oh my gosh. I didn't Same know. reasons. Yay. She, uh, she's going for Jump it. in the trunk. And I think it's just because we haven't seen her. I'm sure she's showing this personality all the time back in the annex. But it's like really fun to see Kelly coming into her own and like Don't pursuing someone. <laughs> yeah, I really like it. It's a good look. I was going to call it Don't Like the Player, Like the Game. But that wasn't really an expression. <laughs> um yeah good for her and let's do our ratings i'm i'm gonna give this episode four out of seven alfredo's pizza cafe i know i said last time we should never use that one again but it is just right where it needs to be because it is i know i can't give it a little stitches because of how many times i physically laughed watching it again it's just yeah it's so funny but it's it's very light episode it the ending is really touching when pam leaves him all those voicemails it's like when you're watching it, you're like, just move on, Jim. And, and then when you watch it, it's like, and then at the end, it's like, it's not over. Yeah, it's like not really um, anything super dramatic in terms of like storyline, but in terms of character development and like maybe a little bit of a plot within the office, like the mm-hmm. just the prank itself is some drama. So it's, yeah, it's a solid episode. It's not like over the top. It's definitely not pretzel day. And let's think about, like, you have an episode set in the office. A lot of the episodes, especially in the first handful of seasons, don't leave the office at all. This one's such a unique idea for the office. It's not like, oh, they're playing games or they have to find healthcare or like an office thing. This is like, I don't know. It's just like a little kernel of an idea, but they really go for it. And those types of episodes let a lot of the other characters shine too. Yeah. That's um, what I like about it. And it gets deep into Michael's psyche too, even yeah. though it's... uh. Not in a boring way. thing that happened. Yeah. It's that idea that we are talking about with Leah from Bustle mm-hmm. about how you have something like a stationary setting, which is the office, and then you create a situation in there. So you feel the comfortable like surroundings, but then there's like this thing that happens and then you get to just see the interactions right so that's what i like about it because it's a classic office episode and it's a good way to do it because it's not one where the whole office is actually together it gets it by going to the people like it goes to accounting goes to kelly it's not one where it's like oh we're all standing around because it's christmas you know like it's still an office day everyone's still working and that's what's really cool about or even office olympics like everyone's doing something that's like kind of artificial and that's why you're hearing them talk this one's an office day and um for some reason this isn't one that i remember that fondly but i really enjoyed watching it yeah it's good it's 
I don't know. Some would say Alfredo's Pizza Cafe. That's what you said. Yeah. That's what she said. Dun dun. I mean, dun dun. All right. Well, go to our Facebook. Join our listener group. That's the most important thing. Not our regular Facebook page. You can like that if you like. If you do, you won't be swamped with anything because we barely ever just share like an episode every once in a while on there. But for the most part, it's the Finer Things Club. That's where listeners can talk about things they like about The Office. It doesn't have to be on this podcast. Just be anything that you want to talk about The Office. Other Office fans will reply to you. And it's a community. You can be part of family. A, a family. It really is. Why can't your family be your family and your Facebook friends be your Facebook friends? Because the Facebook friends on the Finer Things Club would donate a kidney to you. That's true. They've said that. Yeah. They all... It's, it's, it's one a of the pledge questions. that you have to do before you're accepted into the group. So. Part of the quiz to get in. Absolutely. And I do. Absolutely, I do. <laughs> Send an email to the off5podcast at gmail.com. Follow our Instagram at the off 5 podcast podcast and check out us on spotify oh we're on spotify now so if you do that i listen to spotify all the time but i've never listened to a podcast on there but if you do check it out on there and rate us on apple oh yeah send us a rating or whatever yeah give us a rating or uh, a review that would be fantastic yeah rock 107 am i the 107th caller i'm sorry please try again we're gonna get that box set <laughs> goodbye the shipping and handling yeah it's you know what when you send your box off you need to pay shipping yeah and when they send theirs you also have to pay their shipping oh man this is not a good deal it's a bad deal for eddie (laughs) it's a great deal for everyone else though get rid of so many but that's that's but the box isn't for you listeners send your stuff to addy make her pay for the stuff make her pay for the shipping she'll send you some great stuff she'll pay for the shipping you can't lose you can't Go to www.com, put in the code, the off five, and you will be sitting pretty on a pile of Addie's junk within a year. Yeah, within a year. Give or take. (laughs) Special conditions may apply. See details and website for for those details. (laughs) Oops. (laughs)